You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is January 26th, 2018. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com and your host for Locked On Magic. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. Today's going to be another light episode. As you can tell, I have a little bit more energy. I am feeling a little bit better, but still under the weather, so I'm going to play an interview that I did for the Bird Rights podcast with Preston Ellis, who also hosts the Do You Believe in Magic podcast for our friends at Orlando Magic Pinstripe Post. So I'll talk a lot about the trade deadline and what the Magic are looking to do at the deadline uh, in that conversation, so I think it's worth uh, playing for you guys in case you miss it, but but also be sure to check out the Bird Rights podcast over at thebirdrights.com, the New Orleans Pelicans website for SB Nation. I feel like I've got NPR voice right now. It's not the normal energy I, I, I try to bring to the show. So I apologize. I'm trying to get some get some sleep, get rested, and get ready to go here. But we do have a few things that we need to get to. And, and I think the place to start is, is with Saturday's game against the Indiana Pacers. The Orlando Magic will take on the Indiana Pacers Saturday at, Bank, at Banker's Life Fieldhouse. A 7 o'clock tip. Uh, certainly a game that I think Frank Vogel wants to get. He's yet to beat the Pacers since coming to Orlando. And I... You know, say what you want. Revenge games do batter. Uh, and so I think that's a game that he wants to get and wants to take. Um, but, you know, obviously it's not about what he wants. It's about what the team needs to. And then coming out of uh, Tuesday's game, it's going to be very interesting to see how the team responds. Um, the Magic practice Thursday. They'll practice again Friday before boarding, before jumping on the team plane and heading up to Indianapolis for this two-game road trip that starts in Indiana and will wind up in Houston on Tuesday night. So the Magic have had plenty of rest. They've had plenty of time to think about and stew on this defeat or on this this disappointing, crush, not crushing, but disappointing loss to the Sacramento Kings. Uh, Kings went out and actually beat Miami on Thursday night. So, you know, maybe Sacramento's found a little something thanks to Orlando. But <laughs> in any case, the Magic like I've always said, have to worry about themselves more than they have to worry about their opponent. If they do the right things, they give themselves a chance to win. That's that's what's happened when they played Indiana the last two times, really. They didn't they didn't give themselves a chance to win. They let Victor Oladipo get off for big games. Uh, but Orlando was still in the game. I mean, or, I mean, Indiana's a good team. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to put Indiana down. But if Orlando plays the way that they know they're capable of playing, if they play with intensity and with focus, uh, they can beat any team in the league. Uh, I, I do believe that problem is they just haven't shown that consistency and that's that's what's been maddening about this team but let's talk a little bit more about the Pacers individually Indiana comes into the game at ninth in net rating at plus 1.9 net rating a 107.8 offensive rating 105.9 defensive rating the 105.9 defensive rating actually puts them in the bottom half at, at the at the midpoint of the league at 15th in the league the 107.8 offensive rating among the 10 best seventh in the NBA this is a team that has surprised a lot of people, but they really push. The, I mean, they're, they're not even a team that pushes the pace a lot. 98.6 possessions per game puts them in well below the bottom half of the league, 18th in the league in pace. But this is a team that can beat you in transition, too, if you let them. And we know that as much as anyone with Victor Oladipo. Um, Oladipo, named to his first All-Star game on, thir- on Tuesday, um, deservedly so. He has had a fantastic season, and he's killed the Magic both times that they played him. Orlando's going to have to stay tight on his hip and, and make make his shots uncomfortable. He burned the Magic in their last trip to Indianapolis when he made, I think it was his first, 
his first 12 shots until the Magic finally switched Aaron Gordon onto him, and Aaron got him to miss a, miss a couple shots in that game. I think Oladipo had 32 in that game uh, to, to lead Indiana to a victory. Indiana's won both games very much this, both games in this series very much the same way. It, it, it felt like Orlando was hanging around, had a chance to win, and then Indiana would put a big run on them and, and put the game away. Um, so a difficult opponent for sure. I mean, this is not a, an opponent that, I mean, there's no opponent that Orlando can take lightly. Um, absolutely no opponent that Orlando can take lightly. But at the same time, this is a game that Orlando has to feel like they have a decent shot at winning, that they have, that they can, um, they can get where they need to go and beat this team. This is a this is a, this the, the, these were two games where honestly two games where it honestly felt like the Magic had a chance to win uh, and and had had you know ev- all the makings of a winning team. Um, but having said that, of course. They didn't get the job done. 105-97 loss in, in, in Indianapolis on November 20th, and a 121-109 loss in Orlando a week later. Victor Oladipo with 29 in that first meeting and 26 in that second meeting. So, obviously a, a, obviously going to be a challenge for Orlando, like I've said a million times uh, in the last month, month and a half, two months. Magic cannot worry about their opponent. they got to worry about themselves, and if they do the right things, they will give themselves a chance to win. Uh, that, that's, that's really what it comes down to. I think that's really what the message was following Tuesday's loss was we are not doing what we need to do. And if, but, but if they do, if they do, they don't have to be perfect at it. If they do, they play good defense, even just, just that part of it. They'll give them that they, they're good enough to give themselves a chance to win, but the record is what it is. Um, and obviously the magic are where they are because of that. So uh, definitely one to, to keep an eye on. Definitely one to, to be interested in tip-off at Bankers Life Fieldhouse at 7 o'clock on Saturday. And it seems like this is a good moment to kind of take a step back and at least reflect a little bit on Victor Oladipo and his ascension to becoming an all-star. And I've had a, a, there, 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 it's been a constant conversation about the Victor Oladipo trade ever since it happened. Um, I was I was on I was on the finish line with Jerry O'Neill and the Shot Doctor before Tuesday's game, and and they asked me if there was one move that you could take back, what move would it be? And you know, I went probably further back than they thought. I th- I mean I've 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 said that I I hope I, I don't think I've said this on on the air here, but. I consider the Jacques Vaughn hire the the original sin. Uh, that 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 move was just such a disaster in in every way uh, that it it I think it damaged the Magic pretty poor pretty heavily. But Jerry O'Neill and I get he's an Indiana guy. Uh, if if you don't if you don't know Jerry O'Neill's a, a local uh, radio personality in town. Um, but um, he he said what what do you think of the Victor Oladipo trade? And and I still maintain that. Trading Victor Oladipo wasn't the wrong move. I mean, you look back at what Victor Oladipo did that final year in Orlando, uh, and it was a quite it was a huge question mark about him. He he uh, finished his last season at 16 points per game, 
3.9 assists per game, 2.1 turnovers per game, 4.8 rebounds per game, shooting a 48.9 effective field goal percentage and 34.8% from beyond the arc, 43.8% from the field overall. Essentially, the question the Magic had to ask themselves entering that next season was whether they were willing to pay him a max contract. And if that answer was no, then they needed to trade him. It's the same question we're asking about Aaron Gordon now, and and perhaps Victor Oladipo's emergence has made us think, yes, it is worth it. If if there's even a glimmer, it's worth it. But I, I think at the same time, while Victor finished that season incredibly strongly, you look at the you look at the splits from that year, the 2016 season. That was the year the Magic won 35 games, the most successful season, uh, most successful season uh, for the Magic in this rebuild. After the All Star break, he averaged 19.4 points per game, 5.1 rebounds per game, 3.7 assists per game, shot 35.1% from beyond the arc and 47.4% from the floor. So maybe something was clicking, but he'd shown those kinds of flashes after the All Star break before. The, question, the, the, the thing was the Magic weren't willing to wait for his development anymore. Misguided as it was, and it was incredibly misguided, the Magic wanted to win now. And so they pushed their chips in. To me, the logic to trade Victor Oladipo was not bad logic. Trading him for Serge Ibaka, depending on how much you believed in Serge Ibaka, uh, you know... I would I would argue for the previous three seasons we all sat and sat and cried and said if only we had a rim protecting four to pair with Nikola Vucevic someone like Serge Ibaka well there he was although not the Serge Ibaka we imagined it was a risk and a risk that ultimately cost Rob Hennigan his job but I thought there was a really interesting point brought up by our good pal Corey Hudson on twi- online during Tuesday's game. He tweeted on he tweeted during the game after Victor Oladipo was announced as an all-star and I quote here so you know if you want to follow Corey at Professor Corey don't criticize the magic for trading away a future all-star. Criticize them because he never would have been an all-star if he stayed in Orlando. And that's something that Victor Oladipo himself seemed to acknowledge. Oladipo said in an interview with, with uh, on the Woj pod with Adrian Wojnarowski that, you know, as is often the case with young teams, with young developing teams, there were, there were a lot of guys, probably too many guys, trying to make their own way on the Magic roster. It was it, it, a lot of guys were didn't know what it took to win and were trying to establish themselves in the league. And so that wasn't a great environment for him to grow. And if you listen to that interview, Oladipo says he learned a lot watching Russell Westbrook prepare. He got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, having been traded twice in two years. Not feeling wanted, and he probably gained a lot that Indiana was the place 
that brought him in because that's very much home for him. No one doubted that Victor Oladipo was a hard worker. I think Oladipo would have continued to develop and grow, but it would have been very different. I don't think he would have become what he's become today. Not this soon, if at all, if he stayed in Orlando. There is no doubt Victor Oladipo deserves to be an all-star this year. 24.1 points per game, 5.2 rebounds per game, 4 assists per game, with a 55.4% effective field goal percentage, 40.1% shooting from beyond the arc. If he, if he keeps that up, it'll be his first season shooting better than 40% from beyond the arc. He's clearly worked hard to improve a lot of his game, and his efficiency is off the charts this year. But, and this might be me trying to get myself to sleep every night. To me, Oladipo became this because Orlando discarded him. And he would not have become this had he stayed. Things had gone stale with him. And again, it's the same question we're asking about Aaron Gordon. The Magic benched Victor Oladipo for several games. Brought him off the bench. 20 games, he didn't start his his third season. And it made sense. I remember writing that article when I broke down the lineup data and said, I can't believe I'm a... I, I remember writing that article and I researched it heavily to make sure I was right. Make sure I presented it clearly. It was perfectly legitimate and rational for the Magic to trade Victor Oladipo when they did. Who, what they got for him and who they acquired, that may not have been right. And honestly, the urgency and which they did it, because it was, they were essentially making a decision between Oladipo and Fournier, the, the draft may not have been the time to do it. And on top of that, the Tobias Harris trade to the Detroit Pistons was a complete joke. Their cap room was not something the Magic should have gone for at that time. That was a clear sign that the Magic thought they were further along than they were. We'll see if Orlando's learned any lessons. It's obviously a new management group, so maybe they have. Maybe that's new time to learn new lessons. But there is value in patience, clearly. There is value in culture, clearly. And there's value in seeing others working and getting some winning experience, clearly. So if you want to point at everything that's wrong with the Magic's culture right now and everything that's really wrong with the Magic right now, Look at Victor Oladipo in his final year in Orlando compared to where Victor Oladipo is now. Because I can tell you those are two completely different players. Having said that, a hearty congratulations to Victor Oladipo. One of the uh, uh, huge fan favorite here in Orlando, a guy that I, I loved working with, 
um, really good dude. Um, you know, we would trash talk Big Ten basketball all the time. Um, you know, his Hoosiers got me, so I'm kind of glad he's not in that locker room right now. Uh, but, um, but uh, really, uh, huge congratulations, Victor Oladipo. Uh, Nikola Vucevic had a nice uh, message for him online as well. I'm sure all the Magic players that played with him are going to, I think it's just Vooch and Evan, Evan and Aaron and Alfred at this point, but um, I'm sure, and Aaron, and Aaron Aflalo too, actually, uh, I'm sure they'll all, uh, you know, be happy to congratulate him Saturday when they see, when they, when they play the Pacers. Um, but obviously a lot of our focus is on the trade deadline. We're now two weeks away from the trade deadline. Did a lot of talk on, on that on yesterday's episode of Locked on Magic, so be sure to check out the archives on iTunes to listen to that. But today, um, seeing as I'm a bit under the weather and I like, you know, doubling up on, on content, I wanted to play a segment that I did with uh, Preston Ellis of the Bird Rights Podcast. Um, you can, of course, check out the Bird Rights pod- Podcast on thebirdrights.com. You can also search them on iTunes as well to subscribe to them. And he also hosts the Do You Believe in Magic podcast on SV Nation. So without further ado, here is uh, me with Preston Ellis talking about the NBA trade deadline. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome to our special roundtable Trade-A-Palooza featuring just one expert today. We were supposed to have three, and hopefully we'll have those guys on soon. But we're going to start off with a good friend, a guy that I've had on here probably three or four times, and I even uh, shared a beer with at, at a game against the Pelicans a few weeks ago. I'm not sure that Philip would have a beer because he was working. He had his nice button down on, but I enjoyed a libation myself. On today's episode with Mr. Philip, we're going to be discussing how the salary cap will affect the trade line, some of the biggest buyers and sellers on the market, some of the hottest names, and what it'll take specifically to get them. And obviously, specifically, we're going to focus on some of the Magic guys, but we'll look at the league as a whole as well. And uh, I, I've already mentioned that his name is Philip Rossman-Reich. In case you don't know who he is, you can follow him at Phil R Squared. He is the host to Locked On Magic and the site editor and expert at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Philip, you've been under the weather lately. How are you feeling, man? Uh, you know, I woke up this morning feeling significantly better, uh, just just overall feeling better, so I can function. But uh, you know, it's it. I'm I'm definitely not a hundred percent yet. So um, excuse me if I have to to cough off to the side a little bit. Oh, no problem at all. And you sound you actually sound terrific. I was telling you this off the air. You've got a really good voice for this. And other than the occasional cough or two, I don't think anybody would notice if you didn't bring it to light. Let's let's get into this. Let's talk some magic because this is a very exciting time of year. I know the magic haven't enjoyed the the most famous of years. They started eight and four, but now they've hit rock bottom at 14 and 33. They lost to the Knicks recently. They're now tied with them for the worst record in the NBA. Uh, But like I said, there's some excitement because you get a lot of that trade chatter. You get a lot of interest from fans and national media types were tying Aaron Gordon to the Cavaliers. It's very exciting to, to be part of the national spotlight. And you guys do have a lot of players that teams are interested. Uh, Jeff Weltman said it himself. John Hammond said they're they're open to anything that will improve the long-term future. Uh, like I said, you sustained some injuries to guys like Terrence Ross, Evan Fournier, Aaron, Aaron Gordon, and now Nikola Vucevic. Uh, and and who's, who's to say how the season might have gone if those guys might have been healthy? Who's to say what the Magic team would have looked like? Tell us about what specifically has gone wrong this season injuries and whatever else for the magic that could make them sellers this year at the deadline well what what, ha- what it's probably easier to list the things that have gone right for this team so far this year i mean you don't you don't enter the season with uh, not playoff expectations i, I don't think the, the magic you know probably thought in the best case scenario this was a playoff team but uh, you don't enter the season with even middling expectations like the magic had this year and end up with the worst record in the league or tied for the worst record in the league with the, with the Kings and Hawks and not have a lot of things go wrong. Um, injury is definitely a big part of it, 
but really a lot of it's just been a kind of lack of maturation. Uh, this is just a very young team with a very young core that has really only experienced losing in their careers. And I think what, what the Magic are, are seeing happen, play out this year, is a team that's full of veterans that have never won before. Um, and, and I think that kind of the scars of years past scars, you know, the team started 19 and 13 in 2016 and lost the team came into last year with high expectations and the bottom just completely fell out on, fell out from under them. Um, this is a team that has not experienced a lot of success. And so when things go South, they seem to stumble off of a cliff and that's exactly what's happened this year. And so the magic are, you know, new management for sure coming in, looking to put their own imprint on this roster Everyone kind of, I think everyone senses it's it's kind of the end of the road for a lot of the for a lot of these players or a lot, or this core specifically, and it's probably time to flip things over and start anew. Yeah, and the general sentiment around the NBA has been, although like you said, uh, these guys are open to trades, open to long term health of the franchise, and whatever capacity that might mean. But the national sentiment right now is that there, it's going to be a quieter deadline than in years past, just because teams are unwilling to take on uh, long-term salary. And when I think of long-term salary, I think of somebody like an Evan Fournier who's got two to three years left on his deal. Uh, you do have players like Vucevic who who broke his wrist, so he's not available to be traded as of yet. And Terrence Ross, who's still out for the foreseeable future. But you do have Mario Hazonia and Alfred Payton, who will be a restrictive free agent. But with that being said, there's got to be a fear in Orlando, maybe a tepid fear. Uh, when you look around the association and you see guys like Victor Oladipo, Tobias Harris, Mo Harkless, guys who've been cultivated in other markets and have become become successful NBA players and think to yourself, do, does it pay to be patient at this point, Philip? Well, I mean, I, I think, I think you can say uh, to, to, to that extent, the magic have been really impatient with, with everything that they've done over the last two years, really. Um, it, it's not just a matter of their, their poor development of some of their own players. It's their belief that there's a timeline to these things and, and trying to, to, to skip ahead in the process when maybe the team wasn't ready. I mean, maybe the team wasn't ready for a coach like, like Scott Skiles, um, even though they went 30, they won 35 games that year. It was their best season, uh, best season uh, under this rebuild. Maybe the team really wasn't ready for a coach like him and the demands that he put on them, or maybe they needed another year with him and his resignation really set the team back because uh, now you had to bring in a new voice, a new terminology. Not only that, then you also, completely flipped over the roster. So there was no continuity at all. And so um, I think the Magic's problem has been a lack of patience. And and you hope that, um, and obviously right now it's 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 kind of a tricky spot because these aren't the players that, that Jeff Weltman and John Hammond assembled. These aren't the players that they picked. Uh, and so there's, there's definitely a feeling of they got to go out and find the guys that they want that fit what they believe in and what they think uh, a basketball team should be. Um, but... Uh, it, it, if anything, the magic magic need to have some patience right now. It's it sucks for fans, and and I think Orla, I think Orlando's trying not to say rebuild and say that this is going to take another three, maybe four years to get it back right. But the reality is, it's it might take another three or four years to get this back right. Yeah, and you mentioned maturation as something that the Magic desperately need. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the the needs and wants of the uh, the Magic on this podcast, and and they did try that with guys like DJ Augustin and Bismack Biombo and Sheldon Mack and Jeff Green in previous years, and some of those older veterans, and and they just haven't 
managed to put it together with some of the young stars, Evan Fournier, Aaron Gordon. Talk talk about some of the needs going into the trade deadline. Should you guys jump in with both feet? Obviously, you're not going to get a lot of young players with talent. You might be able to get a first-round pick, but uh, odds are in this day and age, unless you're parting with Aaron Gordon or Jonathan Isaac, you're not getting anything in the top 10. Are, if, if the Magic should dive into these waters, are they just looking for cap relief? You know, I think they're looking for a couple things, and it's not positional. I can't. I'm not going to sit here and say the Magic need a point guard. Although they they need a point guard, I'm not going to sit here and say the Magic you know need a center or they need X, Y, or Z. Uh, I I think that they're you know you're the worst team in the league. You need everything. The only thing that I think I would steer a little clear from is starting power forward and starting small forward because essentially that's where you think Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac are going to be, and that's this is kind of the same approach I have to the draft. You just Get the best players you can, and and you can fit roles and figure it out later. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, with with the Magic right now, I think they need to go after players that fit the vision that they want to fulfill. Um, they need to find players that are um, that that are their uh, part of their future. And the big thing on top of that is just clearing some cap room. They they need to st- they need to turn over this this rotation this uh, core. The players that aren't part of their future, they need to make not part of their future anymore. They need to spin those players over. The players that they need to bring players in that will be part of their future. And so it's really, this is all about foundation laying. I mean, I think I've, I think I've told fans this a million times when they ask me, you know, how long is this going to take the Magic need to do something? I can't believe the season's gone so poorly. I'm like, look, this is year zero of a rebuild. You can't think of it as anything else. Because new management hasn't gotten its fingerprints on this team yet. They, they literally could not do anything uh, with the roster that they had because of the contracts that were handed out. And so they got to start flipping over some of these contracts. They got to start flipping over this core. And Jeff Weltman needs to get his fingerprints on this team. And once he does, then we can begin evaluating, okay, this is maybe how long it's going to take, or this is where the Magic are at. And, you know, I'm someone that, you know, if I'm looking for silver lining, I, I think that there is a little bit of a silver lining in, in the way Aaron Gordon has played and Jonathan Isaac's a nice prospect. And then you got a high draft pick coming this year. Um, but what's really important now is to set yourself up for the future and lay down those foundations to make next year a more productive one. Philip, we want the magic to unload at this point just because it's sexy, it's exciting, it, you know, it, it creates news and it creates interest, that sort of thing. So with that being said, obviously Fournier is the guy who comes up in conversations the the most, but but it's a big contract. It's going to be difficult to move. It's somebody taking on years of salary. How how sincere do you think the interest is in Evan Fournier around the NBA? I think there is definitely interest in Evan Fournier because I think a lot of teams know that that there is not a lot. There's not a lot of salary. I mean, I think the Magic know this too, but there's there's not a, not a lot of teams with cap room this summer. And so, essentially, if there's a team that's looking to make a big splash or a, a move that they think can take them from maybe solid playoff team to you know maybe contender or from a fringe playoff team to a solid playoff team, maybe they're willing to take the risk on Evan Fournier and, and give give something up because it doesn't seem like the Magic are asking for a ton if you have an expiring that that you want to get rid of and. That could be a way to upgrade your roster and kind of keep up with the Joneses. I mean, we've seen what what the league has done in free agency, and this year is probably going to be a little bit quieter on the free agency front. Um, ha- having said that, uh, you know, I, I also think that the Magic are in a position of power here, and, and you know, this is this is something I've, I've thought about a lot over the last few days and, and really weeks. The Magic aren't in any rush to make a deal with Evan Fournier. He's got what two years left on his deal, three years left on his deal after this one. 
they, I think it's clear they want to kind of move on from him or, or start flipping over some of those core pieces. Um, but they don't have to do it now. There's no, there's, there, there's urgency because the Magic need to make change. But the deadline isn't the finish line for the Magic. If they don't find a deal that they like for Evan Fournier, I'm sure they yeah, Fournier is a very productive player. I'm sure they'd be happy to keep him to the trade to to the draft or into the summer, where all these same rules apply. Where teams are probably going to be looking for, I need this last piece to get me over the top. I couldn't find it in free agency. Here's someone who's available in a trade. Let's see if we can make something work. The same rules, the same conversations that the Magic are having today about Evan Fournier, they can probably still have them in June and July. And so I, I think that the Magic are listening. I think that they're active. I think that they're looking. And, and with Evan Fournier specifically, I think that they probably are receiving a lot of interest because he's still a very productive player. He's averaging, what, 17 points per game, shooting a hair, less than, hair worse than 40% from, the, from beyond the arc. He's a very productive player. Um, but if the Magic don't get what they want, they don't have to do anything. There, there's no rush to trade him. And so I think that could help spur some offers if a team's really desperate for him. Or it could mean that the better offers are, are, are yet to come. I had to look it up myself. It's a two plus one with a third year being a player option. So three years, 41 million remaining unless he chooses to opt out. Uh, obviously, he's the splashy player for the Magic that could move. I don't think anybody anticipates Aaron Gordon's going to go anywhere. That would just be a, a complete and total uh, rebuild on the part of John Hammond and Jeff Wiltman. But there are some interesting pieces. Like you said, a lot of teams are tied up salary cap wise. And the Magic could provide a bit of relief for guys in the bodies of Mario Hazonia, who's expiring. He's going to be unrestricted. Shelvin Mack, who only has $1 million guaranteed next year. DJ Augustin, who just has one year, I think it's $7.5 million or something. He could provide some scoring for a team who needs that coming off the bench. And then Alfred Payton, who's restricted. But if a team doesn't want to bring him back, of course, they have that option. Do you, do you think the Magic could manage anything by just sending out cash? Um, I think it's possible. Um, I, I kind of see a lot of those guys as as kind of enhancement. Um, you know, if, if it, I, I just don't see the Magic trying to take on more salary because their their problem right now is a lack of flexibility. I mean, I, I kind of joked about it. I, I didn't joke about it yesterday, but I, I pointed it out as a point of fact um, that uh, the Magic are the worst team and have the worst record in the league and have no players in the Rising Stars Challenge. So if, if, you, if, you don't, if, you're, if you're a bad team like the Magic and you don't have a player in the Rising Stars Challenge and you don't have cap room, you don't have a lot of hope to sell to your fan base or to your team that you're going to get much better other than your draft pick that's coming up. So that's not a good position to be in for the Magic. And so I think that while it's, it's I mean, I think Shelvin Mack, Alfred Payton, Mario Azonia, those are nice contracts to have. And, and I'm sure they'll get some interest. And I'm sure Alfred Payton will get a ton of, will get at least a little bit of interest. Um, and I actually think Azonia is probably the most likely player to get traded uh, off the Magic at the trade deadline. Um, I, I think that. The that the Magic really aren't in a position to trade out cat trade out cash essentially, uh, to bring in another big big name player or another big salary player. I mean, the the report that's going around now that the Magic are looking for maybe a guy on a rookie scale deal that makes sense to me. But I don't see the Magic say packaging Shelvin Mack and Alfred Payton to bring in an eleven million dollar a year player. I, I just don't think that's in the cards, and I don't think that's what the Magic want to do. To they they want to kind of start clearing their books kind of bring in a little bit more youth, maybe a cheap veteran, um, and then figure things out next summer. Uh, you mentioned uh, 
well, you mentioned this a, a couple of times, uh, basically about the, you know, the Magic not wanting to take on long-term salary. And it's too bad to hear you because I know the, the Pelicans would be happy to send you Alexis and Jensen a second-round pick for <laughs> any combination of uh, Shelvin Mack or Mario Hazonia, that sort of thing. But I do have to ask you, just because it's exciting, about Kemba Walker. Uh, you mentioned that the Magic are in desperate need of, of a playmaker at that position. And obviously the Charlotte Hornets would want you to take back some bad salary, probably in the mold of a Nicholas Batum or uh, a Marvin Williams. And and you have the, the parts to do it you've got the expiring salary uh and you know maybe you could give uh bismarck biombo in it in exchange for batum kemba walker and i don't know who's another 10 million a year player maybe a terrence ross or something like that or nikola vucevic how interested would you be in going all in on kemba walker uh if it's if it's if i get rid of bismarck biombo's contract i probably am really interested because uh, you know, I think that's kind of the golden goose, uh, honestly. If, if you're willing to take Bismack Biombo's, I mean, no offense to Bismack Biombo. I mean, he's a great, great dude, plays hard, but, you know, his contract is, is an albatross. If you're willing to take Bismack Biombo's contract, my ears, my ears are going to perk up and I'm going to listen to you very, very carefully. And if you're going to give me a player like Kemba Walker without, ha- without having me give up Aaron Gordon, that's, that's obviously an opportunity I jump at. Um, what, what, what I think... The sense that I've gotten from Jeff Weltman and and his and his reign so far, or from from his statements that he's made about the trade deadline, is that he doesn't really have kind of a fixed and set plan. He doesn't really. I I don't I don't feel like he believes. No, we've uh, kind of more in the way that I felt like Rob Hannigan sometimes believed that we have to stick to this plan. You know, we're gonna we're gonna lose. You know, we're we're gonna lose this year. We're gonna be bad this year and get that draft pick, and we're gonna get the top draft pick. Uh, I felt like one of the problems with Rob Hennigan was he just lacked a lot of flexibility. And when it, when ownership finally got on him, it, 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 you know, that's when the whole thing fell apart because he just didn't have the flexibility when his plan went wrong, when, when his first plans didn't work. And so I get the sense with Jeff Weltman that he's not going down that route. He wants to stay open to everything. So if the Hornets did call about Kemba Walker, they'd listen. Um, because this this is still a franchise that's missed the playoffs for the last five years, and Kemba Walker is a proven all star. Uh, you put the right group around him; he's proven he can get you to the playoffs. Whether he can get you any further than that, that's another question. That's up to the general manager and the president of basketball operations to build a roster that you know Walker hasn't played with in Charlotte um, to to this point. No offense to Charlotte; I love everything that they've done, but they've they've really struggled to kind of get that second guy to to, to run with Walker, um, you know, through the draft or through free agency. Um, so if if you have to take on a you know I I'm not 100 percent sure the Magic are the best team to make that deal with Charlotte. Uh, number one, I'm not sure what Charlotte is looking for in a in a trade for Kemba Walker. Are they looking for a budding young star? Are they looking for another All Star? Are they looking for a high draft pick? I, are they looking for just Capley? Are they just going to salary dump him? I, I just don't see the Magic as a great trade partner because they don't have the salary salary cap room to just absorb him and another big deal. And I, I really don't think that they have the expirings to make to really kind of make things work on an equitable basis for Charlotte, depending on what Charlotte's goals are. Uh, so, but yeah, I mean, if the Magic can get involved in a deal like that, I think they would absolutely jump at it and be very interested. Um, by all indications, um, answering I guess one of your questions earlier, um, by all indications, the Magic won't trade Aaron Gordon unless it's for an All Star, and Kemba Walker is an All Star. The question on Charlotte's end is, are they ready to pay Aaron Gordon even though he's an expiring contract? And that that's a question I'm not sure they're, they'd be ready to answer right now. 
Uh, thank you so much. And now I'm, I'm looking at the take. And if they're not willing to take Bismarck Biombo, it would probably take some combination of Evan Fournier, Busevich, and Terrence Ross, plus a first-round pick for Gemba and either Nicholas Batum or Marvin Williams, whichever one is more palatable for you, probably Marvin Williams. But that's going to do it for now. Uh, thank you so much. Again, this is Philip Rossman-Reich of Locked On Magic and the site editor of OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Before I let you go, let's just uh, take some predictions. How active do you think the Magic will actually be at the trade deadline, which is coming up on February 8th. I think that, ooh, put me on the spot here. Um, <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't really thought this far ahead because I, I, usually for the trade deadline, I just plan to go to the gym and my only prediction is a trade will happen while I'm at the gym. Um, uh, uh, but, um, you know, I, I think the Magic will trade Mario Azonia at least. I think they'll find someone to take on Azonia. In all likelihood... I'm going to go ahead and say that Alfred Payton and Mario Azonia get traded together for some young young point guard who's maybe struggled a little bit in his in his first stop wherever he wherever he is. I don't know what team that would be. Uh, I don't know. I don't know where it would work. But the player the Magic get back would be a rookie who hasn't quite lived up to the hype, uh, and and that would be what the Magic do at this trade deadline, and then at the draft and and in the summer is when we see the Magic do a lot of their heavy lifting. Yeah, it sounds like a somebody in the mold of like a Trey Burke or Dante Exum or yeah, exactly. Malik Beasley or something like that. Like Malachi um, Richardson was someone that they, that, that, that they talked about um, at the beginning of the season uh, with Mario Zonia, so... Yeah, and he was just mentioned to to be uh, on the block if other teams are, are interested. Some other names... I know Sacramento's uh, looking to clear a roster spot too, so... Definitely, because they've they've got a part with George Hill. Apparently, they're at the one yard line with the with the Cavs and Miritich, Rodney Hood, Kevin Love, Dame Lillard, Damari Carroll, Jordan Clarkson, DeAndre Jordan. Some of the other popular names that are part of trade chatter right now. But like I said, it, it seems like this is going to be a quieter year. But you never know. Uh, thank you so much again, Philip. Uh, is there anything you'd like to plug before I let you go? Uh, no, that uh, not not much going on. I'll be I'll be writing about the trade deadline here as we get uh, closer and closer to the trade deadline. I'll I'll do my annual trade trade rankings column uh, the week before the deadline. So we're we're getting we're getting to crunch time here. Excellent. Thank you so much for your time again, you guys. If you haven't subscribed already, make sure you do to the bird call. Uh, yeah, sorry that that cut off there, uh, but I uh, got the name wrong. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the bird calls podcast. That's with the bird rights. Uh, the uh, SB Nation blog for the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, so be sure to check them out. You can follow Preston Ellis on Twitter as well at Preston Ellis. That's Preston with an O. Uh, P R E S T O N Ellis uh, to, to get his thoughts on the New Orleans Pelicans as well as the Orlando Magic because he also hosts the Do You Believe in Magic podcast. They've done a great job already covering, uh, talk, discussing some of the some Orlando Magic issues. So if you want to hear some different voices on the Magic, you know, you know, cheat on me a little bit. That's that's cool too. Um, I I enjoy the Do You Believe in Magic podcast as well, so I give that a listen. And um, of course, the, the the folks over Orlando Pinstripe Post are friends of ours here as well. Um, they've they, they've been on my they've been on my show plenty of times already. So I'll, I'll definitely definitely give them a check as well. That's gonna do it for me today. Hopefully, I'll be back up and running Sunday. I'll do my Facebook Live. If you want to send me your trade ideas, I will do a whole hour discussing trade ideas. It sounds like something everyone wants me to do. Let's talk trade ideas. So send me your trade ideas at Locked On Magic. Tweet them at me at Locked On Magic. You can email them to me at omagicdaily at gmail.com. You can also tweet them at, to me at omagicdaily. I will 
like them and keep them all, and I will review them all on Sunday's Facebook Live. That's Sunday at noon. We'll do our. I'll do my weekly Facebook Live. I should be feeling a lot better by then. I've, I'm feeling significantly better, although you can kind of tell my voice is still a little bit sour, and I probably paused to cough a few times during this episode. Um, I know. I know my first take. I had to stop and stop and have a coughing fit for a while. Um, but I'm I'm getting better. Don't worry. So we'll be back up and running full force next week. The Orlando Magic will take on the Indiana Pacers Saturday. They'll go to Houston, go to Houston on Tuesday. Back home to play the Los Angeles Lakers on Wednesday in their first Magic in Space game of the year. So we'll we'll get to we'll get to see uh, we'll get to we'll get to see whatever those city edition jerseys are uh, on on Wednesday. But that's going to do it for me today. You can, of course, subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can uh, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And, of course, you can uh, follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnMagic, as well as like us on Facebook at LockedOnMagic. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com and follow us on Twitter at OmagicDaily. Again, submit your trade ideas. I will discuss them all on Sunday afternoon. Just send them to me at Locked On Magic or at Omagic Daily. I will see that either way, and I will get to them all in due time. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank everyone again for listening for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic. This has been Philip Rossman Reich. Have a great weekend, everyone. I'll see you all Sunday for the Facebook Live at noon Eastern time or Monday for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic. Your daily Orlando Magic Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.